0: Welcome to another episode of A Brighter Web, a show where we discuss ideas and perspectives about making the web a brighter place to be. Each podcast will interview marketing professionals across multiple industries and discover what's worked for their digital marketing strategy, what hasn't, and what they plan to try. Today, our guest is Megan Strand, who's the Director of Communications at Engage for Good. Thanks for joining me today, Megan.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Mickey.
0: So, tell us a bit more about where you work, how long you've been there, what your current role looks like, your day to day, that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the communications director at a company called Engage for Good. And we are a national professional organization focused on best practices and corporate social impact. So we run an annual conference. We have a membership program, all of that good stuff. Um, I've been there since about 2010. And as the communication director, I do a little bit of everything, quite frankly. I do a lot of writing, writing, I do a lot of our social stuff. I do all of our web content. I run our own webinars and our own podcasts. So just a lot of the little moving day-to-day pieces uh, of, of running a business, quite frankly. And I do dip into operations a little bit as well.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. And there's a lot of folks, I think, that do all of their own content, but the volume of content that you guys put out is staggering. So I can't imagine. Wow. You
1: thank you. Yourself, well, so. you should know, right? You did our website and you were mm-hmm. like, how do
0: they have this much stuff on that website? And that was a few years <laughs> ago and it's been, yeah, you just keep it coming. So yeah, you're, you're a machine over there turning out content. Oh, it's, well, it's I appreciate good, you saying that. Quality. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It gets tough sometimes, but yeah, you guys do a great job. So thank you. in all of this stuff, what's really been working well for you guys lately marketing wise?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say we're pretty traditional organization. We're not, you know, huge on Instagram or anything. We're a B2B organization. So, um, I would say our biggest strengths, you know, like I, like we were just talking about content marketing is number one. And then quite frankly, email marketing is still our best return on anything. Um, as I said, we're, we're B2B. So we're not, you know, doing cute videos on Instagram. You know, if we're going to hit a social channel, it's probably going to be LinkedIn and Twitter so we're, we're a little bit more traditional than you know some flashy startup, and, but definitely you know that email that email is king, and we work really hard to build our list and keep it clean and make sure we're really doing a good job segmenting and customizing our content for our audiences. So I would say for us, that's kind of the big thing, and it seems it's pretty
0: non-sexy, but it, it does work. Yeah, and that's what I hear from a lot of folks is yeah email social's the hot thing, but emails is the thing that really Works, you know. Yeah, we don't do a lot of hot things, Mickey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do things that work though. That's the main thing. So,
1: you know, the other thing I wanted to mention too um, so we, we do have this conference every year, and, and this is about as sexy as we get, Mickey. So, um, a couple of years ago, we started doing remarketing campaigns um, for the conference specifically. So, um, that actually I feel like has, I don't have great proof, but I do feel like that has really served us well in kind of following people around the internet. You know, if they've checked us out, they're going to see us again. So that I think is something that is a little bit new to us. That is, like I said, about as sexy as we get, but I found that that really works well for us.
0: Awesome. Very cool. So let's flip that around then. What's been a struggle with your marketing?
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest issue, and you could probably appreciate this, we have, um, without getting too technical, we have, Essentially, our shopping cart is through a, a member management system, and we put everything through there, our email, our shopping cart, everything, just because we want to keep everything in one place. Yep. Um, and it doesn't sync well with analytics. So I think the biggest struggle for me is just really understanding thoroughly the way that people are using our site, because I mean, I, I can understand where they're. Going, I can understand when they're leaving, I can understand which pages they're liking and spending time on. But when it comes to actually, you know, signing up for a webinar, downloading a, a whatever, an ebook, it just is hard to get that data from our system. So that connection point is not solid and it makes it really frustrating for me to be able to kind of complete the picture, if you will, gotcha. particularly on goals, things like that, and analytics. So I think that's my biggest struggle, which seems like very basic, but to make that like to change that up would be to change up such a huge part of our operations that I just can't even stomach doing well, that.
0: Well, <laughs> you got to give up the tracking for the better uses. You know, we talked about that yeah. with some folks like with local SEO, where they tracking phone numbers are great, but that can mess up your local SEO. So you want better tracking or better results. And so in your case, you're kind of saying, yeah, great results of what we're doing. It's a little hard to track, but I don't want to switch to something easier to track that gets worse results. So it's a hard, hard battle. Right,
1: and I mean, for us it really is kind of that, we're a small organization, so it's that back-end operations piece. And we really, we switched over to this platform, you probably remember, remember this when we redid our yeah. website, mm-hmm. um, and we were like, oh, this is gonna be so great, and we were promised we would get that back-end data. Well, you know, you don't. You just don't get the full picture. The full picture. So you try to do your due diligence, like right. we, make, we need to make sure we have this, oh yeah, 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 we have it, but you don't really. Like you have a little piece of it, but you don't really have it have, um, the full meal deal. So to change our shopping cart and, you know, essentially split half of our information off of one side of our organization internally just seems like,
0: not a great idea. Right, you could probably do it better with 14 different tools to handle each piece and get Oh, totally. There. Yeah, it, but they don't
1: then they don't yeah, all talk yeah. together. Yeah, it's right. it's like the the perpetual small business problem. I've had this problem with other organizations that I've worked at that are small businesses, but um yeah, so if I if I had to redo it all over, I would, you know, I think what I would have done in hindsight is just really lobbied so much harder for, like, a much bigger budget for that whole back-end piece, you know, and do an infusion or a sales force or something like that that's a little bit more robust.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. So, with all the stuff you've been doing, what is something you see out there that you'd like to get into but you haven't gotten there yet and why?
1: Yeah, I mean, so… First of all, I need to, I feel like an old person. I do need to brush up on my analytics skills a little bit because every time I log into that thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something new. And I never take the time to be like, you know, they'll tell you there's something new and how to use it. And I just right. don't ever take the time to do that. So yeah. I feel like I need to brush up on that. And then the other thing I want to play around with a little bit more that I've, t- I've toyed with a little bit, I just haven't really had the time to dig in the way to, that I would need to um, are running Facebook ads um, and, you know doing lookalike audiences, running targeted Facebook ads, maybe for particular campaigns or particular webinars or the conference or what have you, and being able to kind of track those metrics and analytics and kind of see, um, you know, use that tool a little bit better. We've tried LinkedIn ads, and I have not found those to be successful in any way for us. Um, So that is not necessarily on my radar. But um, I feel feel like Facebook lookalike audiences is something that I should spend a little bit more time with. Uh, and I'd like to
0: It sounds like you are using Google ads though already, I imagine, for your remarketing. Well, for the
1: remarketing, yeah. yeah but that's gotcha. really it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Really
1: it. And we've tried Google ads in the past. But again, if you don't have that conversion tracking data on the back end, yeah. it makes it extremely difficult to be to prove the ROI. Like, well, we just spent six hundred dollars and I have no idea
0: if it boosted <laughs> our sales at all. Right. You can see like maybe I think this
1: one me. might have come from it. Yeah. I mean it's yeah, it's Yeah, it's hard
0: if you can't get that last mile, yeah, with action. Exactly.
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: So Yep. That makes it tough. So with all these tools you use, what's your favorite or one of your favorites? I have a
1: couple favorites. favorites. Cool. One of them we're using right now. And this, these are more operational things. Sorry, but I kind that's of, all right. no, that's I really respect available. really good tools. So Zoom, I love, love, love Zoom. Yep. We were on GoToWebinar for years. Sorry, GoToWebinar. But um, the price point was so much higher than Zoom and the functionality was so much less. Um yeah. it was it was relatively consistent, but I feel like with Zoom I've had literally zero problems. And if there's a problem, it's always on the user's end because they're on some janky Wi-Fi or something. <laughs> yeah. Um so Zoom is one of my favorites. And then the other, this is another operational thing, but Calendly, do you use that? we
0: use one like that um, yeah so you know word right now but yeah similar kind of thing
1: yeah so somebody that needs to schedule a million meetings and all of that back and forth like how about tuesday at 5 6 or 8 or wednesday at <laughs> 1 or 2 like that yeah. makes me insane and i was like nope so calendly is just a godsend i just send people that link and they and it's free you can pay for a slightly upgraded version but and they just schedule themselves into my calendar and i can set all sorts of parameters and i just i love that yeah i yeah. actually I might have gotten that idea from you guys. I don't think I use the same one you do. Obviously, yeah, we used
0: a different one before. We ran into trouble. I can't remember what the one was when we had it with you. Uh, but trying to book multiple people, most of them you say, "Hey, I want a time when Mickey and Megan are available." Say, "Oh, great! I'll schedule a time when Mickey or Megan is available." And like, no, right. no, no, <laughs> because they're intended for sales teams. So I can say, "Hey, book with our sales team." So look for a time when Bob or Steve or Pete or Jill is available. Right. Like, no, no, no. Right. I want one when. All four are available. What's the, you know, little spots in between? I think right. Calendly falls short there. Um, it, I've,
1: I've been able to kind of, um, to jerry-rig it a little bit, like when David and I need to do a call together, I set up a whole separate Calendly that linked his calendar and mine together. Gotcha, um, okay. Definitely a workaround, and I, right. I'm not saying I would necessarily recommend it, but um, yeah, I've, I've made it work in that regard, but I just don't use it that way all that,
0: all that often. Right, we use it a lot. So we use Meeting Bird, which is... We've gone to different ones, and it's perfectly fine. I I don't love it, I don't hate it, but it does a good job. And I say, hey, for this one, it needs Mickey and allie This one's Mickey and Brooke. This one's allie and Brooke. This one's allie and Ashley. And we can just kind of set up all these different nice. And yeah, it does a does a fine job. And does it
1: just link to your Google Calendar? Is that how it does it?
0: Just pulls in from Google, all of our Google calendars, which is challenging because I have a personal one and a business one, and they both need to be reflected in there. And Allie has a personal and a business, and. So between the six of us, we have like fourteen calendars that need to sync in and they're like,
1: sorry, we don't have any availability ever.
0: <laughs> That's we get that sometimes. We try to get
1: midnight on Saturday night. <laughs> if
0: you try to get me and Allie and Brooke, it's it's some tough little windows to slide into. But, yeah. All right. One other tool you didn't mention, I'm curious about. You mentioned how great email has been for you. So what do you guys use? Is that all through your third party system?
1: It is, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, um, but it's just, uh, I I mean, email just generally in terms of um, just as a communication channel. Um, Our our thing all goes through our member management system, which it's pretty low tech. So I end up doing a lot of HTML coding and, you know, things that I don't really want (laughs) to be doing. Yep. Um so I wouldn't necessarily recommend that particular system, but I just meant email a little bit more generally.
0: Gotcha, cool. Yeah. We we talk about active campaign a lot that we use and MailChimp, of course, people love and there's yeah, fourteen others you can make good arguments. I do
1: love MailChimp. I've used MailChimp in the past and I do love them.
0: Yeah, we use active campaign, but I have nothing but good things to say about MailChimp either. They work well. Most of our clients, that's where we push them because that makes the most sense. So yeah, no, absolutely. That's it's
1: so easy and so pretty.
0: Yep. Yeah. Pretty is the key. Even the the interface for us. That's where like constant contact. You can make good-looking emails, but the back end is just yeah. Oh. 2001. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> And I feel, I feel that's 2001. What I'm using is like 1990. I don't <laughs> know what. I don't know what even to say.
0: I feel bad for companies like Constant Contact. It's not their fault. They just have millions of customers on this old platform and they can't just poof and upgrade everyone. It's you know, Totally. You yeah, like
1: completely. Yeah, it's exactly like what oh, I was right. talking about. It's like completely overhauling your entire system. Right. And that's going to cause a whole, a whole other.
0: So problem. I'm curious where MailChimp ends up, where they're fresh because they're newer, but in a decade, will they be able to keep up or will they have so much legacy stuff to support all their existing clients that they can't? You know, yeah, will they be able to broadcast 2020?
1: our holograms when we're doing that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'd be awesome. <laughs> all right, cool. This has been very helpful. I appreciate your time. How can people find you and connect with you and follow all these multitudes of content you put out?
1: Well, thanks for asking, Mickey. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good, and you can also find um, just our company, EngageforGood.com, if you're interested in corporate social impact stuff.
0: Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you. All right. Bye.